You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Permission To. I have recently rearranged my office and I um, and now have my desk facing out the window. So I've got a beautiful view of the trees and the birds and the sun is shining and it just feels like a really delicious day to be here with you. And I've got a really different episode planned today. Uh, this episode is about two books that changed my life and the stories behind these books. So not so much teaching and lessons um, and strategies, uh, but more the stories you know, about these two books and um, yeah, how they touched me, how they changed me. So I think that it's really, really interesting how often for me, I've been reading a lot of books and I've just, you know, been drawn to books that really confirm how I already see the world. Um, For example, I recently read this book called uh, Radically Content and it was so beautiful. I know a lot of you when I shared it on Instagram were really drawn to it. It was such a beautiful book, but it was very much confirming of what I already um, believed about the world, what I already know about the world around, you know, permission to not need to hustle and not need to keep, you know, working so hard and permission to be content and that, that peace around, you know, you're already enough. You're already worthy. Uh, And so it's so nice to read those books that kind of confirm or give us like a a different lens to a similar, you know, a similar worldview that we already have. Uh, And maybe one day I will do an episode on, you know, books that um, feel really aligned with me. But today I want to talk about two books that really shook me to the core, that really changed the way I saw the world. And I think it's so interesting how sometimes we read a book at a certain time in our life where we're struggling with something or we're searching for something. And, um, that book just, you know, just, we just find it at the right time and we're really open to changing the way we look at things when we read those books. And so that's what these books are about. Um, this does have a bit of a trigger warning because, um, you know, the experiences in the books, um, and also maybe the life experiences that led me to um, decide to read these books. Uh, we will be touching on content around grief and loss and death and dying. Uh, and so I think that uh, if, you know, if you don't feel like, you know, today's the right time to listen to an episode like that, or it doesn't feel right for you right now, you know, full permission to skip this episode and I'll be with you next week. But Yeah, if you feel like this is something that interests you, let's dive in. So the first book that I am going to share is 
called Staring at the Sun by Irvin Yulong. And this book is about essentially overcoming the dread of death or the fear of death. And there's a few different ways that that the title has been worded, but the one that I read was overcoming the dread of death. And so with this episode, uh, with the, with this book, a bit of context. So I was working at a hospital in the cancer center when I was a social worker in my mid twenties. And I was there for about three years, uh, mostly supporting people who had a family member with leukemia, brain tumors, um, all different types of cancer. And the thing about that job was, you know, a lot of people that I supported actually survived cancer. Um, but obviously cancer still has a massive, massive impact on the whole family, on your psychological well-being, on, you know, your future health. It's, you know, it's such a, um, it's not just about, you know, surviving the cancer. It's all the experiences that come with that. And there, but there was also a lot of grief and loss and death and dying. And as a fairly young woman and, you know, maybe I was about, Oh, five, five years into my career as a social worker, I found it really hard. I found it really hard when, um, if I was supporting a patient and they passed away either expectedly or, you know, quite traumatically and unexpectedly, I found it hard. And it's really interesting working in a hospital. (laughs) I think I'm a very soft, sensitive person and, I don't know if that environment is great for me. I learned so much from that experience and I have so much respect for the the families that I supported and the individuals I supported, like so much gratitude for them for everything I learned. Uh, But I I didn't have the most supportive workplace. My supervisor was a social worker who was very burnt out. And so I remember coming to her and just saying, oh, you know, I'm really finding it hard when I lose a patient, like it feel, you know, I'm, I'm being really affected by it. And, you know, what, what do you suggest I do? And she, she basically was like, oh, maybe this job isn't right for you, <laughs> which possibly was something that I was going to come to learn in a couple of years. Uh, but, you know, not really the most supportive thing for a supervisor to say at that time. And I think cause she was so burnt out, she just didn't have any space to support me. Um, you know, around navigating that role. So um, anyone who doesn't know, like in social work, we usually get like weekly or fortnightly supervision, which is a space to talk about your clients, a space to unpack your practice and make sure you're doing the best uh, job possible to support your clients. And I really believe that actually that kind of process would be great for coaches to have as well. But what I ended up doing was going and getting external supervision. So paying and using my own time on a Saturday to go and get supervision and support outside of my workplace. And the person that I was, that was supervising me and supporting me recommended this book because he knew that I was really struggling with the concept of death and dying. And so this book staring at the sun by Irvin Yalom came into my life and For anyone who doesn't know Irving, he is a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist um, who is just an amazing storyteller. 
uh, and an amazing therapist. And so this book um, basically turns our attention to one of our greatest fears as humans, or I guess essentially what he would say is our greatest fear, our fear of death. And he suggests that what he calls the awakening experience can help us to acknowledge, accept, and make use of our fear of death in a positive manner. So his theory was that essentially, and he goes through um, and shares stories of a lot of his counseling clients and how a lot of their presentations he really believed was a fear of death. And, um, and so we can have an awakening, awakening experience often following a loss, a trauma, or the death of a loved one, illness, or just growing old. Um, and yeah, many of us have had experiences, right, that, that were really traumatic um, or where we've lost something or someone and that has kind of woken us up as much as it's been traumatic and painful. It's also woken us up to life. And what he shows us is how that kind of awakening can be the turning point for a meaningful life. Um, so it's such a um, useful book because it helps you to deal with fear of death and the anxiety around you know, the fact that nothing in life lasts forever. Um, and he kind of argues that once we confront our mortality, we are going to be inspired to rearrange our priorities, communicate more deeply with those we love and appreciate more keenly the beauty of life and also be willing to take risks to, f- to live a fulfilling life. And it's interesting because one of my most popular emails is around this idea of risking being alive and um this concept that if i died tomorrow i would know that i had lived a good life a meaningful life and i think this book really helped me to to consider that to consider like what is a meaningful life uh what is most important to me you know we can't take life for granted we don't know how long we've got Uh, and so I feel like I've lived my life with more discernment and with more depth since reading this book. It was also very comforting from a point of view around, you know, and everyone's going to have different viewpoints on this, obviously, because, uh, he's not religious. And so one of the concepts that I found really comforting in the book was that once someone dies, their awareness has gone too. And so, you know, we all have this fear of like, um, what am I going to be missing out on after I die and, and what will it be like? But he was essentially saying like, once you're gone, your awareness is gone as well. And so then all the pain and the suffering is gone as well. Um, but I also loved how he talked about the fact that even when someone is no longer alive, they are still a part of the ecosystem, you know, like that you're still breathing in the air of someone who was living you know, years ago and, um, and also the lifelong, the, the legacy that people leave behind, um, in the way that they have touched other people's lives and influenced other people's lives and memories and stories and, and all of that. So there were so many, um, concepts that I found really comforting as a social worker, you know, who was supporting people who were sometimes, you know, in palliative care and, and, you know, facing their own fear of death. Um, but it also taught me so much about living and yeah, how to live and how to live a meaningful life. So yeah, this is a really, it's, 
it's not just a book for therapists, but if you're interested in therapy, I highly recommend it because I, I just love the way he tells stories. And I love the way he's brave enough to talk about concepts that I feel like there's so much stigma about talking about death. It's like almost like people are scared. If you talk about death, you're more likely to die, which is obviously magical thinking. Like it's not, that's not the way life works. Um, But it was really interesting. I remember like living in Melbourne and um, I was single and I had all this free time uh, before I was a mama. And so I used to like go and read my books at cafes. And I remember reading this book and like someone coming up to me and going, Oh, that's a bit heavy for a Saturday. Or, you know, like there was just kind of this negative judgment, which I guess is interesting. He even talks about that in the book. Like there's so much stigma and negativity around death. But if we think about it as another part of life, you know, like we, we celebrate and we honor birth. Um, why is it so negative for someone to be reading a book about death on a Saturday at a cafe, you know? So anyway, if you do read it, be prepared that like some people have opinions and reactions, but I think that is all the more reason to kind of, um, read this. So yeah, that's the first book. And the second book that also, I feel like really changed the way I see life was maybe four years later when I was living in London with my boyfriend at the time, Nick, who's now my husband. And, uh, yeah, he had been unemployed for a really long time. I had moved away from like my family and friends and moved to London. Um, and I just was finding it hard. I I think I was, you know, struggling a little bit with low mood at the weather and the temperature and everything just didn't really suit my personality uh, I was also commuting like a really long way to my training and work like I think I was spending almost two hours commuting each way when I was training as a cognitive behavioral therapist so yeah my mood was flat I was really flat I was really in a really negative headspace I was really struggling and um yeah I found this book which is also very famous you may have already read it uh man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl and basically, again, written by a psychiatrist, um, th- someone who actually created his own type of existential therapy known as logotherapy. Uh, so Viktor Frankl's book is basically a memoir um, and it's describing his experience of life in Nazi death camps uh, and also the lessons um, that he learned around spiritual survival. And that was based on his own experiences and the stories of his patients. Uh, And he argues that we cannot avoid suffering, but we can choose how to cope with it. And he's all about meaning making, like so finding meaning and moving forward with renewed purpose. So basically the heart of his theory, um, logotherapy, is that the primary human drive is not pleasure, but the perspective pursuit of what we find meaningful and I found this really really comforting because I wasn't really enjoying life in London but there was a lot of meaning there was a lot of meaning to be made I was on like a a journey I guess I was you know uh, creating a new life for myself with my new partner Um, I'd taken a lot of risks like there was a lot of meaning um, in in that experience of living in London and struggling through that And I use this so much with my clients, like looking at what meaning are you making of this situation? 
Um, it's all about those stories that we tell ourselves, right? And, you know, is there a way that this event or this experience can be meaningful? And, and I think it's so important, like if you have someone in your life who's grieving or has been traumatized, please don't push meaning onto them. Like don't, you know, there's all these concepts of post-traumatic growth and, um, you know, that we can grow through traumatic experiences, which is very true. But I think we have to allow the person who's got, who's been there, who's been in the trauma or who's been through the grief to, to get there themselves. If we push someone to find meaning, you know, in a horrible situation straight away, that can feel very much to them like gaslighting, like someone's not um, validating their feelings. So I think this is a very personal journey when we feel ready to make meaning from a challenging situation, from a hard situation um, that allows us to carry forward with hope and purpose. Uh, So yeah, this book, um, it it is very heavy in theory towards the second half of the book. And I know not everyone's going to enjoy that, but I also know a lot of my community are life coaches, therapists, allied health workers. Um, So you may have already read it, um, but I feel like it really um, changed my life. It it helped me to stop thinking about that life's only about having fun and having pleasure. Like not all times in my life are going to be fun and going to be great, Um, but there's always me. I can always find meaning in my life. I can always make it meaningful. So those are my two books for this week. Um, I feel like I would love to do this more regularly. So please let me know if you enjoyed this episode, if you really enjoyed just hearing like personal stories and about books that I found really meaningful and life-changing, please let me know because I've got like a long list. I just wanted to start with two to keep it short. Uh, But that is it. And I will be back with you next week. Mwah!